Welcome back to Storyteller Station. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that it is a beautiful day in your neighborhood. It is a dark and stormy morning here in Illinois, and you will probably hear thunder, and as a result, you will probably hear my dog Molly bark wildly at the window. So... (laughs) If that happens, please do bear with me. We will pause, and perhaps I will edit some of that out, so we'll see how this goes. But I wanted to share with you a little bit this morning about the Servant Prince. So I will be launching the very first book in a series of middle-grade fantasy novels that I'm, that I'm writing. I'm currently writing books four and five. They happen simultaneously, so I'm I'm writing them kind of together, uh, a little bit here and there. But I am excited to be presenting The Servant Prince, book one in the Sage Cheval series, to be released on September 22nd. Earlier this summer, I did read the prologue from that book, and... The sound was very poor, and so I thought I'd give it another shot. I'm actually going to be reading from a paper book rather than reading from the file. So I'm pretty excited. I love holding a book in my hands, and so that's how I'm going to read to you today and just give you a little idea about what's happening in the kingdom of Mond and what is happening with the king and queen and the princes and princesses and there's just a lot a lot that happens in this little prologue and it kind of sets the stage for for what's to come of course I mean that's why it's called a a prologue right you need a little bit of the backstory so that you uh, can really understand the the story that you're about to read. So, without further ado, I would love to read from The Servant Prince. I am not a voice actress or actor, so please bear with me as far as that is concerned, but I do have four children that I've spent 10 years reading to, so hopefully that will <laughs> that will help. And it's raining in the prologue, so how perfect that it's raining outside, and you'll probably hear some thunder and even maybe the rain, because I'm right by, very near an open window. So that just sets the mood, doesn't it? (laughs) Okay, so without further ado, here's the prologue from The Servant Prince. The king looked around him. Everyone in the great banquet hall was weeping. Their queen, his beautiful queen, was dead. The plague had taken her. Even as she had been here to nurse all those throughout the villages who were suffering and ill, Queen Amelia herself had become ill. There was nothing he could have done for her. Nothing he wouldn't have done if he could have. But what would he do now? The king walked with purpose through the village hall, his boots thundering echoes that bounced off the stone walls. The people of the village of Volea were all huddled together, comforting one another as they mourned their losses. They watched their king walking away. 
His pace quickened as he neared the door, threw it open, then closed it with a bang. Once out of the dark and crowded place, he hurried to his horse's side. It was raining, but he did not feel the beating of the rain on his bronze, weathered face. He did not take notice as the drops pooled beneath his warm green eyes onto his full cheeks. He didn't care that the rain ran down the length of his brown mustache and beard. He mounted his steed without a moment's hesitation and commanded, Magnificence, as fast as you can to home. Magnificence was no average horse. He was the oldest of the sage cheval, a lineage of horses known to be the oldest and wisest of all the horses in the land. It was said the sage cheval knew the minds of their riders, almost as though they could read their thoughts, but most certainly could sense their emotions. Not only that, they had been known to speak out loud when the occasion demanded it, and their rider required it. This was one such occasion. Magnificent spoke as he breathed rapidly. I sense your fear, my young man. Fear causes one to do irrational things. I encourage you, proceed with caution. Perhaps rethink what it is you are about to do. Of course I'm afraid, the king spoke roughly, a voice full of emotion, his brow furrowed. But my decisions are my own, and we needn't speak of them. I will do what I need to do to protect my family. Without another word, the king clicked the heels of his leather boots against the cheval's flanks and urged him on. Over the hills and along the path through the forest he rode, until finally reaching the doors of the red stables and beyond to the gates of Castle Grange. The moment the two entered the courtyard of the castle, the king leaped from the back of his black stallion and ran to the tower. There was nothing left for magnificence to say or do, so he walked back to the stables to join the other cheval. The king, however, was still running, running up the stairs within the castle tower, often taking two steps at a time. Once he had reached his destination, the large wooden door at the top of the tower, he threw it open without knocking, giving the men within the room a start. I require the service of my doyen, he declared with urgency, looking from one man to the other, water streaming from his beard, desperation heard in every word. Sir Edward and Sir Francis, even more startled at the look of their king with dark circles under his eyes and clothing clinging to his tall frame, stood up from behind their desks and bowed low in his presence. The queen is dead, and I must protect my children from meeting the same fate. I need you to find a way to protect them. When they did not answer him, and looked with bewilderment one to another, the king commanded, I need it done with all haste. Sir Francis cleared his throat and stepped forward timidly. Uh, you know we cannot raise the dead, nor can we prevent it, my lord. The king came close to the short and mild scholar and spoke low. Find a way to protect my family. Yes, my king. The doyen, the scholars of the kingdom of Mond, were of the king's closest counsel. They provided guidance and used all of their knowledge and study to find an answer for their king whenever he required it of them. They would seek out an answer now, as instructed. In the dark recesses of the highest tower in Castle Grange, 
where their library was kept, they sought an answer among the scrolls, books, and texts they had at their disposal. They pored over every written word they could find in the castle, in the kingdom, and there was no way they could find that would guarantee the health, wellness, and protection of the king's six children. The doyen stood with the king in their study, a crackling fire warming the room and creating dancing shadows on the stone walls surrounding them. With eyes staring at the floor, the wise men reported their disappointment to the king. He was not satisfied. You must find it, the king demanded, and then, as if sensing their hesitation, he added, Have you consulted all of the texts available to you? The doyen knew of what the king spoke, but were tentative in their response. It was true. They had searched through all the texts and volumes in the land, save one. One book had not been removed from the shelf where it stood. One dusty volume remained. The soft appearance of the dark green binding was deceiving. To touch the spine was jagged, and if handled without care, the texture of the book's cover could cut into flesh, much like the paper's edge. This volume they dared not touch. It was full of ancient magic, and was not to be handled lightly. Standing in the tower with the king's stern stare heavy on them, it was impossible to speak untruth. With head still bowed, Sir Edward spoke first. <clears throat> we have consulted all but one, my lord. All that is left is the book of enchantments from of old, sire, Sir Francis broke in, eager to explain. No one has dared to utter a word from it in ages. I will dare it, the king spoke quickly yet firmly, and walked forward to put his face very close to Sir Francis. I will dare it, he repeated, and with that stormed from the room. Sir Edward and Sir Francis looked at one another, eyes wide and full of fear. Neither wanted to be the man to handle the book of enchantments or to read from the pages. The passages within held such power, there had always been the fear of any curse or enchantment being inadvertently cast upon the reader. Whether these fears were born from fairy tale or folklore, it did not matter. The doyen decided to draw straws for the lot, and Sir Edward chose the shorter of the two. He would have to do as his king had commanded, and risk reading from the Book of Enchantments. So it was that evening, with every one of the king's children safely within the walls, it was done. They gathered in the gardens for the reading of the spell that would protect the royal children, the sage cheval, and the noble men and women chosen by the king as guardians for his children. They all gathered in the courtyard just beyond the gardens, amidst the heather and lilac, one misty evening. With a book of enchantments in hand, Sir Edward moved to the center of the circle of the castle's inhabitants and spoke the words of the enchantment of hidden hearts. Illness, darkness, pestilence, drought. Let no such evil here come about. Keep hidden the castle of these precious ones true. 
none to see with eyes undue, a hidden place for royal hearts to dwell, ignite now safety's spell, till time of death or pure love's expression unlock the shroud of invisibility, only a barn will all the world see. And with the last word spoken, the spires and towers of the Castle Grange disappeared from the sight of all the people in all the villages of the land. I hope you enjoyed the reading of the prologue from the Servant Prince. It's quite an exciting and adventurous book. And I, as you could probably tell from this prologue, it does deal with some very serious topics such as death, grief. It deals with anxiety and some depression. And so the series is meant to be very realistic and also to just have hopefully some good messages within it for our kids to read and grow with. So if you liked the sound of that, the Servant Prince will be available September 22nd. I'm so excited. If you buy it and read it, please feel free to leave a review of it on Amazon. That's actually probably one of the most helpful and beneficial things that anyone could do for an author is to leave a review on Amazon. So if you are listening and you're actually one of the people who have read my nonfiction work, Finding Myself Facing Cancer, and would be so kind as to take a moment and go to Amazon and leave me a review, that would be amazing. Another place you can leave a review is on Goodreads. If you are an avid reader and you don't know about Goodreads, get thyself to goodreads.com because you will feel like it's Christmas. It is just a great, it's like a Facebook social media platform for avid readers and authors. So I think that if you are an avid reader, you would really enjoy Goodreads if you don't know about it already. It's a great place to kind of find your next read, honestly. And um, it's a great place to share your thoughts and opinions about books as well. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening and, and just, you know, spending time with me at Storyteller Station every week. This episode comes a day late due to Labor Day. I should have kind of given you a little prep last week and, and let you know that it would be a day late, but here it is. Surprise. It's a surprise episode. (laughs) Anyway, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and a great week. And until next time, my friends, create something great.